it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And welcome to Take the Elevator, everyone. It's so good to have you here in the, by what, the middle of the week? The middle of the week, Wednesday. Wednesday. And if y'all are listening to this on a different day, that's okay. But that's when we release this episode. That's right. Um, Anyhow, let's not get caught up in our own logistics. Corey, it is Father's Day week, and I just thought, man, Corey's been an amazing dad to, when I say my two, you know what I mean, Kayla Nathan, and then, of course, to Xavier. So I just, if you don't mind, I really wanted to highlight some of the things that you do as dad, because one of the things that you've done as a dad project that's blown up um, is your book. Oh, yeah. Ruffles. <laughs> and so that book, and we'll talk about, you know, Future State, what's happening there. It's a book that you wrote. And I want to say it was during the time we were definitely in youth ministry, but we were figuring some things out in life. Um, it was after we got laid off from the aerospace industry. We lost our home and had to move into a different neighborhood, a different house, just a totally different setting. Yeah. So our family was in a very vulnerable state. And I've never told you this, but what I love about this time period and the way you showed up is you still brought fun and creativity in a space in our lives where it was like almost felt like doomsday, but not. That was that's very dramatic to say doomsday. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a that's a huge. But I'm just saying that's how it felt at times. I, I mean, I you remember it. when we moved in that house? The kids were crying. It I was, was crying. Awful, and yeah. I just felt like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Yeah, um, it's not an easy thing to no. do to lose a home. I mean, that's that's everything that you have. So to say there was a there weren't wasn't any yeah. emotion would be like, where's your feelings? Where Where's your heart at? It was tough because we, the kids were raised in the name, that neighborhood. Yeah. We were on a beautiful cul-de-sac. The kids had grown up with their friends. It was very safe. We knew the parents. We were a community and we had to uproot and go somewhere where we didn't know anyone. Um, it didn't feel safe. That's for sure. And I found this house because I was in just, we were in desperation to get a place. And so as a mom, I was like, I was so messed up over it because I knew that no matter what, the family wasn't going to be happy initially. Anyways, all that to say that no matter where we went in life, we brought joy with us. We tried And to. so um, we learned to play there and live there, not just exist Although in the beginning it was existing. So anyways, you bring up this project like I'm going to write a children's book. But Corey, you've written your whole life, right? Uh Yeah. And so when you actually wrote your first piece, not necessarily in a published book, but how old were you when you started writing stories? I started writing stories when I was about seven. Seven. Yeah. Do you remember the first story? Yes. Um, it was a family of gophers. <laughs> and it was this book that didn't have any words in it. And you had to write the story 
to tell what the gophers were doing. So I, from the illustrations, ah. I was just adding my own words. And as a seven-year-old, it, it was pretty out there. And the more I went to that edge of the cliff, cliff I, I realized, like, you know what? I can go anywhere I want to with this, and there's no limits. And it just really rocked my world to think that these could be space gophers, these could be underwater <laughs> swimming gophers, and and yeah, wow. my my mind just went bananas, and I just started writing all this crazy stuff. And at first, you know, the teacher obviously was like, "Yeah, gophers can't be in space, and they can't swim." <sighs> Underwater. I hate when we do that to kids. And I said, or to each other. Mine can. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so they were swimming gophers and, and space flying. I love it. Gophers. <laughs> I love it. And that reminds me of something too. There's this exercise, Corey, where you intentionally uh, connect to your child self, mm-hmm. your inner child self, and going back to those moments when you wrote with no limits. Um, and I'm going to say that's something that you've carried with you your whole life that yeah. uh, who says it can't. Yeah. Um, it's my imagination. It, it, all things are possible. That's the one thing I had that no one yeah. could change and no one could take away. As much as people tried to and told me you can't do this and you can't do that. Yeah. My imagination said I can do whatever I want to do. Oh, and see, so I have so many questions around that. Like, as far as parenting, I know your mom raised you. She was very, you know, you and her are very close. What does that look like for parenting a child and encouraging that and versus discouraging it? Well, it it, it looks very um, smothering at points and times. And I'll say mm. that say it like that because you have to be intentional. You have to be purposeful. When you're raising children, you can't accidentally raise a child. Huh? You can't say, well, this is the only tools I had. So this is what, no, you, right. have, you have to be resourceful. You have to go out and study and learn how to raise a child. You have to be continuously in a class, not maybe not a school setting, but in a learning setting to understand what this thing called children are because they're constantly changing, and there's not a cookie-cutter child out there. You can't raise them all the same, right? and they're not all the same. So, you know, it just made my mom very agile as a parent mm. to be able to adjust in real time That's and course-correct in real time and understand that, okay, I can't do this with this one, but I can do this with that one. And so because my father was a blue-collar worker, he was— working a lot he was just getting the footnotes he wasn't getting the whole you know the whole story so it forced her to be hands-on 24 7 she was a stay-at-home mom throughout elementary and most of uh junior high and then she picked up a job once we got old enough to to be able to take care of ourselves uh, to some degree so it trained me on how to be a parent and still use my imagination because uh, and I and I don't say this with I say it with pride, but I don't say this with uh, the intent to um, hurt anyone. I, there was not a lot of abuse in my life as a child, so mm-hmm. I w- I was able to remain innocent in a lot of different ways. I was a very late bloomer. 
uh, as far as experimentation. And I didn't drink until I was past 21. I didn't have a lot of, you know, hardcore negative influences that were always around me. So with that being said, uh, I was able to still act in my imagination. I was still able to act in my creativity as a younger father, um, having my first child is 27. Um, it just gave me that ability to still connect with my child and then meeting and marrying you with the, all three children. I was able to connect on so many different levels because I'm pulling from all these resources as a child, then as a young adult, and then as a mature adult, and also remaining in a school of studying children and their activities. Yeah. Those are such good points to bring out your lived lived experiences and how it was for you growing up and how it leads to who you are today. Um, and I'd never heard you break it down that way. And I, it was beautifully done to um, invite people to get to know you more and explain you. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so to the book of ruffles. Yes. Um, the thing that excites me about this book, too, speaking of parenting, uh, is you really involve the family in this book. I did. Um, my one request was like, hey, I think you should make it rhyme. And Kayla um, illustrated for the first copy of this book. And I think Kayla was only, what, 15, 14? Yeah. Like, she was young and getting to know her art skills. And she did such an amazing job. I think you drew uh, one or two pictures. Yeah. I got to color one, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I'm laughing because, yeah, I don't think my coloring technique was uh, <laughs> desired, but y'all let me. And so I was really grateful for that. Um, and so here's this book. And so you talked about your childhood as far as the influences in your influences in your life, like with books that you grew up on or books that spoke to you, what was your muse even as a seven year old? Oh my goodness. I, I I don't know any child in my age bracket um that was not affected by Dr. Seuss. Mm. Just an incredible and I, I, I know as an adult that there was a lot of things going on with, you know, some of the illustrators, writers back in those days, but us as kids didn't know anything right. about the the stuff that they were going through. Yeah. And so seeing those books, you know, and reading Green Eggs and Ham, you know, that, that and that was my favorite childhood book just to read. The Sam I am, I do not like green eggs and ham. And how the <laughs> the journey from him just just hating green eggs and ham and not have ever tried them, not even once. And then at the end of the book, him trying them and saying he did like uh-huh. them. It, it was such a, I, I couldn't read that book without a big old, like Cheshire cat <laughs> smile on my face, you know. And those are books with wild imagination. Wild. And that's yeah. why my imagination began to grow and to bloom and and understand that, you know what, this is not a reality. This is my imagination. So I can yeah. I can do what I want to do. Yeah. I don't I don't have to conform to this or that. And yes. that's why when when you start talking about tampering with the arts and taking things away from the arts. That's personal. Mm-hmm. Now, was Dr. Seuss introduced at school or at home? Um, at school. 
for me. Oh, nice. See, me growing up in a private school, that wasn't introduced. Oh, okay. Um, It was very, even though you're paying for that school, it's limited to their curriculum and they have all say. So right. the state county has no kind of input, I guess. Um, except to say that, yeah, you're a credentialed school and kids can get an education there. So that's interesting. I, Dr. Seuss did not come into my life. To, a lot of things didn't come into my life later. You and I are very opposite that way. Yeah. I live very much right now in um, my inner child moments, and I'm allowed to connect that way because it was not a thing for me growing up. So I think it's interesting how you, me, very different have come together and it and it works. Oh, it's gonna work because you want it to work. <laughs> but I'll say this about how Dr. Seuss was introduced to me and the writing element. The book itself, I was in kindergarten and um we I brought this note home saying that, you know, Corey was gonna be eating uh food coloring and eggs. I mm. had no idea what this was about. You know, I was just like Oh, they did the green coloring and all. Yeah. And yes. so she said, yeah, fine. So she signed the, the the slip and I took it back. And the next day, you know, they read the book. And, it, of course, my mind is blown. And I'm thinking, who's ever heard of green eggs? That's just not <laughs> possible. And if I ever seen a green egg, I'd be, like, so amazed. And then they busted they out the skillets. And out. The, oh, I yeah. love that. And the dye and all that stuff. And then they f- made the uh, eggs. They made the ham. And then they passed it out to the kids. And, of course, it was the best thing we had ever tasted just because it was green eggs and ham. And so I had to have that book. And it was like, I got to have it now. I can't wait. Did mom buy it for you Mom bought it for me. She's so awesome. I discovered that there were so many more Dr. Seuss books. And I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where it all began. Yeah. And I didn't know this was going to turn out this way, but your mom's come up a lot. And um, we've got to give her credit for who you are today. Um, I remember stories you told me too, Corey. I mean, you were in the Boy Scouts. She, you know, you joined track. You were able to travel with other families. She put you in special classes to learn to speak English clearly and well and articulate, which is who you are today. And I remember when we met, and this is, and I'm bringing this up not to um, throw you under the bus or, or shame you in any kind of way. I just think this is important. You were a writer at seven years old, and you received the education that you did, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and when we met, you know, you said yourself, like, I have some challenges with spelling, grammar, punctuation in the written format. And so, I would give you some feedback and you just went to town learning on your own and taking the time to learn how to spell, to learn how to um, formulate sentences and things like that later on in life. And be, and some people would say, how can you be a writer when you can't even spell? That didn't stop you. It was a matter of, I have my imagination. I can tell a story and speak to it. And I'm going to get to those parts. So this book ruffles um, being published is like all of that. And so without people knowing the background in your story, they think, oh, it's just, it's a kid's book, but there's so much to it. It's like 
you know, last night we were joking, I said, winning. And that's what this book is. Yeah. It's a total win for you. And of course, the family. Yeah, I love to speak to that because, you know, the thing about um, the challenges of spelling and, and using proper grammar. Um, so we can use words yes. and we can speak words, but it doesn't mean we understand how to spell those words. We might even know how to use them as far as understanding the definition and the root of them. But what was challenging for me was the phonetic part of it. Mm. You, It sounds one way, but it's spelled something totally different. Or there's a one word that means multiple things. Yeah. And so you may mix them up um, depending on what you're using, them for, using the words for. And so I struggled with that. And I was able to mask it for a long time because I just found tricks and ways to get around yeah. uh, that in, in, you know, going through my, my schooling years. And then it came a point, came to a point where I realized like, you know what, I need to stop getting around this. I need to be honest with myself and say, this is where I'm struggling and this is what I need to do. And so that's why I was able to be clear and 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 at that point that me and you had that conversation it wasn't as bad as it was but i just wanted to make sure you yeah. knew look this is something that i've always struggled with but i'm working through it and um i'm i'm getting better and i want to be even stronger as yeah. as you know we proceed in life and so coming out of my 20s going in this, into my 30s i found myself flexing muscles that i didn't even know i mm. had and so that that's right around the time that I first wrote the 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 book, but the the words that I was using in the book wasn't wasn't the challenge. It was just the because I just started um some college courses, and that's where it really began to affect me because it was like, oh my goodness, I'm really struggling with this mm-hmm. uh, going back to to college, and and I can't hide this, and nor do I want to. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's something that a lot of people deal with. Uh, and believe it or not, one of the classes that, that I was in, I, I made that confession. And the teacher said, I'm so proud of you. I'm so yes. happy you, you said that. She said, I struggled with the same thing, and I now have my master's. And so wow. it, it gave just a little bit more of a boost to say, you know what? I, I can do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So rich in so many ways. Another thing about your childhood, Corey, that I find so intriguing is that even growing up in church, I love how you were allowed to question things that you were being taught. Um, And that's not common. You know, when you're in an organization that's very religious and this is how it is and you have your steps one, two, and three and you don't question people in authority, especially a child, right? And so I just love hearing your stories about how something didn't make sense to you or if you got a different interpretation from something you read, you shared it, you questioned it, and some people like ridiculed you for it or isolated you because of it. And I just love hearing you and your mom and how she just said, even as an adult to a child, well, Corey, I never thought of it like that. I'm going to have to read more. And so even though at first, you know, she was like, what is he talking about? And so I just think as we go through life, there's these people that show up and you just don't realize how impactful that's going to be 
for someone's art form, for the gifts that they've been given and you're helping nurture it. Right. And so that just really stands out to me. Yeah. So for me as a child, um, imagination was imagination, but reality was something totally different. And when someone tells you this book is based in reality, this is something that actually happened, then you can't mix fantasy (laughs) with that reality. So when I was getting, when I was reading uh, parts of the Bible and parts of books that were told to me to be factual and people say, Oh no, that it doesn't mean that literally it, that, so I'm saying, so is it fantasy or is it reality? And then they're, they're telling me, no, it's reality. So then I read it for what it was worth. Again, I didn't have a problem with understanding or reading. I had a problem right. with the spelling of things. So reading it, I, I understood perfectly clear. It The problem was is that the adults weren't ready to be challenged on what they had fantasized into the reality for so many years. And yeah. then once they realized this is not a fantasy and he could be onto something, that's where um, what's wrong with this kid and and why does he think he can ask these questions? Well, I've been given that opportunity, so I'm going to take it. Yeah. Ah. Uh. I wish we had more time. And you know what? We do have more time on other episodes. I do want to put this out there, though. Um, Next year into 2024, uh, Corey, you and I are expanding Genco to include things like coaching for parenting, for couples who are married, um, people considering marriage. It's not therapy. It's coaching. It's partnering. So we're really excited about that. So we really want to bring out who we are as people. And I know a lot of people... Um, respond and attracted to your life stories, Corey, and some to mine. And so it's worked for us to be so different, come together. And we really want to be able to share that with other people and just have a conversation and partner with you on what you might be going through. As you can see, parenting is so important. Uh, I'm, I've loved what you said, Corey. You've said so many things in this episode. And one of them is as parents, the partnering of and being open to that and encouraging these gifts instead of shutting it down. Right. And just being open and being present in everything. Um, So when your kids are feeling a certain way or they're experiencing the event is just being totally involved in it. And that's been your parenting style. And, you know, being the father of our children and co-parenting with Kayla and Nathan's father, like even the way you handled that. So you come with a lot of experience. We do with blended um, being divorced before and, you know, doing all those things. So uh, we feel that life is meant to be shared. Your experiences and stories are meant to help each other grow and become. And that's what we're about. Yeah. And uh, I just want to add this, you know, as as parents and as as a father, it was a joy to raise three uh, wonderful, amazing and talented children to be productive, good adults in society. And I know that's not, you know, the uh, outcome everyone gets. Uh, We just so happen to be very blessed in in having that outcome and and that that result. Uh, And I do I do want to say that. If it had not been for my family, this book would have never came right. to pass. Uh, the first one, especially, and the, the second one, 
um, is coming forward because, again, of my wife and you, Jen. Mm. And so I, I'm grateful and thankful for all your support and, and the way you've shown up for me in these crazy times, you know, going through COVID and then understanding that I'm getting back into music. You were, you know, Team Corey, uh, 100%. And then the book came up and you're like, I'm team Corey, a hundred percent. And it's like everything I do, you're team Corey. And I'm like, I'm not testing the waters. I'm just doing what I, I want to do. And I normally would do. And you're just team Corey. So I really appreciate that. And we're talking about this book a great deal. I just want to tell everybody out there, it's going to be released in November. And I'm doing that strategically. I uh, will talk about that further as the date comes closer. But uh, look forward to, uh, to that. It's going to be on all platforms and in all the major bookstores. And uh, I've, I've just feel really blessed to be able yeah. to put that out. Yeah. And I believe that your plans are still to make this a series. So as you prepare for this book, there are different characters in this wonderful world they they live in. And each character tells of a life lesson and and. I think it's great for kids. I think it's something that kids might be, might be missing out on today. Yeah. You know? Well, thanks, Corey. And I'm just <laughs> happy Father's Day belated. And just thank you for putting out um, your stories, being so transparent and vulnerable with people listening and just being forthright about who you are. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's to take the elevator. We say, look up and let's elevate. elevate.